Hello and welcome to God Still Speaks Through Jackasses. Sorry folks, I've got to interrupt the debate between Chris Roseborough and Jim Staley on the Sabbath for a bit more pressing issue, I think. Um, right, so we're going to look at an interview done on Issues Etc. with Bart Ehrman and it's concerning his new book, um, How Jesus Became God. And uh, we're going to look at that and see what uh, Dr. Ehrman, a popular uh, scholar, has to say about these issues of how Jesus became God. Quite an interesting title, and it really uh, kind of provoked me to, <laughs> to comment on it. And we're going to do some interesting things. We're going to have a little lesson in uh, logic. If you uh, ever did any courses in logic in college or high school or whatever, we're going to review that. If you haven't, hopefully this will teach you to uh, listen with a more discerning ear. But anyway, we're going to do that. And uh, this is probably going to break down into a few parts. So we <laughs> we may or may not get back to the uh, the Roseboro-Staley debate at some point. But I really felt like this was something that needed to be addressed. And so that's what we're going to do. So, anyway, without further ado, let me just go ahead and give my thanks out to my usual folks, Cody F. Miller, for providing the artwork for the podcast. Also, um, uh, Michael Almquist and Five Iron Frenzy for the use of their tune, My Evil Plan to Save the World. And, as always, my ministry coach, a pure awesome, Miss Jean Talley. Please contact Jean at revtalley at gmail.com. That's R-E-V-T-A-L-L-E-Y at gmail.com for ministry coaching of pure awesomeness. Now, earlier today I interviewed Dr. Bart Ehrman, Distinguished Professor of Religious Studies, University of North Carolina and author of several books. This will be the third time that we've talked with him, his latest, How Jesus Became God. I began our conversation asking Dr. Ehrman, did Jesus ever claim to be God? Uh, right, so this is a major issue that I deal with in my book. Um, most most people reading the Bible, of course, assume that Jesus did call himself God, uh, but these claims to divinity are found only in our last gospel, the Gospel of John, Okay, so this is what's going to take us some time to get through, perhaps a couple episodes of uh, God Still Speaks to Jackasses, because Ehrman is going to, he just makes these outrageous assertions throughout this interview, and, and they really have no basis with evidence, and, and most of the time what's remarkable about it is they don't, they don't even make logical sense, and he... You're going to find throughout this interview that, that, that not only um, do some of his arguments not make logical sense or what we're going to call rhetorical, actually rhetorical fallacies, they're, they're just absolutely unconvincing based on um, some principles that we find in logic, but, but he's also going to be very uh, quite contradictory of himself in this interview. So um, let's start with this one. The, these claims are only found in, in, in the... The last gospel, the Gospel of John. Okay, well, <clears throat> these claims of divinity. I, I just simply have a a major problem with with this assertion because I, let's just take Matthew. Let's start at the you know beginning of, of the Christian Bible, right? We're going to take Matthew. 
Uh, Matthew 3, 1-3 reads uh, this way. Now, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight there. And the word for the Lord is kuriah. Koryu, of the Lord, from Korias, which means Lord. And it's a direct divinity. It's a direct reference to Jesus' divinity. And we see John the Baptist assigning this divinity to Christ. And, and Dr. Aram is going to come back later and say, well, yeah, nobody in Jesus' day would have assigned divinity. But right from the outset here, right in Matthew 3, we see someone assigning a title of divinity to Jesus, right? And, and from what we understand of John, and of course, Dr. Aaron is going to throw John out later. John's really not reliable at all, which for just for no reason. He just kind of gives an ad hominem, ad hominem attack, and I'll talk about ad hominem attacks later. Um, for our lesson in logic. But, uh, he just gives us ad hominem this, he just attacks John for just no reason. Says, oh, well, John's no good. We can't rely on John. But, but, but anyway, in the Gospel of John, it seems pretty clear that when, when John says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, that Jesus is fair, is somewhat in proximity of John for him to, Maybe even earshot for for Jesus to hear John saying, "This is the this is the one who is the Lord." But yet Jesus doesn't deny this claim. And in Matthew, right, the next chapter, Matthew four three and six, in the the, the temptations in the wilderness, the, Satan says, "If you are the Son of God, right." Then do this and that and the other thing, right? And Jesus doesn't deny that he's the Son of God, and that's that's a direct reference, or it seems like to be a fairly direct reference to divinity. Although someone else is claiming, in this case, Satan, the devil, is claiming Jesus to be the one who is divine. I mean, they're all over the place, and, and again, Airman will say, "Well, he didn't claim to be God." And in fact, Aaron's going to say, well, this is added later. Well, Jesus, I think, in fact, overtly claims his divinity. And because throughout Matthew, he refers himself, refers to himself as the son of man. And this is a direct reference to Daniel's prophecy in Daniel 7. The son of man will be seen coming on these clouds and coming down out of heaven. Right? This is, this is a, prophecy of actually Christ's second coming, the second coming of the Messiah, right? Where Jesus is going to make all things right. And, and throughout Matthew, Jesus is referring to himself as the Son of Man. And that's just Matthew. And, and of course, Ehrman's going to argue, wow, the Son of Man is that's not a claim to divinity. It can be this, it can be that, it can be the other thing. And it won't a claim to divinity won't really count for Ehrman unless Jesus comes right out and says, I am God. And we're going to see this is a major flaw 
in Arabin's arguments, at least in this interview. I'm not sure how, what his book is like. I, I'm, I'm not going to waste the money to buy it because my, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and assume the book is, is just as flawed and illogical as this interview. Okay. So anyway, um, that's, <laughs> that's beside the point. Airman, Airman's going to argue that the, the Son of Man is not a claim to divinity, and he's not going to he's not going to count anything as a claim to divinity unless Jesus comes right out and says, "Hello, I'm God." Okay, that nothing else counts. So Airman is going to want some really hard evidence that Jesus says, "I am God," right? Maybe Matthew sixteen fifteen would do it, where Jesus confronts his disciples and says, "You know." People say I'm this, I'm this prophet. People say I'm Elijah. But who do you say that I am? Interesting he should put it quite that way. Because just by saying that, he's implying I'm not those guys. I'm not a, some prophet. I want to know who you say that I am. And we know those two words, I am, hearken us back when the Lord God was calling Moses to go to Pharaoh and he asked who, who, who do I say sent me Moses said, I am sent you right who do you say that I am and Peter answers you are the Christ the son of the living God and, and Jesus doesn't deny this interesting Jesus would not deny Peter's um, affirmation here, but indeed affirm it and say, "You, you blessed are you, Simon Barjona, and upon you I will build my church." Okay, he doesn't come out and say, "No, no, no, wait a minute, Peter, no, no, I'm not the son of God. I'm a really good teacher." But then, of course, Aaron's going to come along and say, "Oh no, what was that? That was that was a perspective of Matthew, the gospel writer, who wrote decades later, who couldn't possibly have known." What really went on between Peter and Jesus? And again, another one I might throw in there. Matthew 27, the account of Jesus' crucifixion and the soldiers mocking and questioning Jesus. And it says this in verse 42, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him now come down from the cross. And then we will believe him. He trusts in God, let God rescue him now. If he delights in him, for he said, I am the son of God. Even the centurions who, who evidently don't, not evidently, obviously don't believe that Jesus is God or the Christ or anything special, just a common criminal who's getting what he deserves on the cross, are saying that Jesus used to proclaim in the time before his crucifixion, I am the Son of God. Hmm. Interesting. Seems that Jesus very well, very thoroughly proclaimed his divinity before we even see it in the Gospel of John. So, yeah, I'm not sure where Airman is getting this. Again, he, he it would just be denials and twisting and, and stories of, oh, well, that's not what it means, or, oh, that was written so later. 
He's got to deny so many things about the Gospels, yet what you're going to find out is th this is the source. This is the source material. There's nothing else. You, you throw out the Gospels and, and, and really the Scriptures, for the most part, except what jives with what you want to teach, and there's really no other material to determine what Jesus claimed or didn't claim to be. There, there's just no way to determine it. So to make the assertion that, well, Jesus, we don't see Jesus claiming to be God before the Gospel of John. And if we do, in any way, shape, or form, it can be easily explained away. It's just, that's just a false presumption. You know. And what we're going to see is, Airman likes to say these things so authoritatively, like, oh, well, this is obviously the case. When just a tiny bit of investigation will reveal that this is not at all the case. Because, yeah, I just picked the first gospel. Just because it's the first gospel, I didn't go to Mark, I didn't do anything else. I didn't look at Luke. I didn't look at any of the epistle writers. I just picked out Matthew and said, well, does Matthew claim that Jesus is God? Could have very easily went to Paul over and again how Paul affirms Christ's deity. And as we're going to see later, Ehrman confesses that Paul is our earliest, quote, witness. Okay. So anyway, before I get too sidetracked on that, let's go ahead and move on with the interview. The Gospel of John, where Jesus says things like, uh, I and the Father are one, or where he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Uh, the thing is that the, these statements in which he declares himself God are not found in our earlier Gospels, Matthew, Mark, or Luke. And so most historians have concluded that these claims to be God that are found in John represent a theological understanding of Jesus found in John, but that they're not historically accurate. And that Right, so these claims to be God in John are a theological understanding and not historically accurate. Okay, why? Again, like like I said before, this is just an ad hominem attack on John's. And what, and what, okay, so here's here's our logic lesson, right? Ad hominem means you just are attacking the person just for no good reason, just because you don't like them, and that's exactly what Airman is doing here, and he knows it. He knows he's just saying, "Wow, you know, John is making these claims, and because he's making these claims, you know, we just don't consider them historical. No evidence." No reason why they're not considered historical. Just, we don't consider them historical because these claims are made. Just, the, the, the argument is so, so lax in, in conviction. I, I, I don't, I don't see how it works. Anyway. Um, I would like to see him present some evidence that the claims of John about Jesus and what he, what Jesus himself said about his nature, are not historical. But we're going to get none of that from Airman here, and this is why I am so frustrated by what he does in these in, in these popular books that he puts out, like this one he just put out. You know, he appeared on the, I don't know, Stephen Colbert show or some garbage like that, touting this book. And he puts these books out to, the, to a popular audience, and he makes these claims that, quote, historians believe this or that, and scholars believe this or that, and offers no real evidence to back up these claims. And the people out there, these, you know, folks that haven't really studied the issues, don't know the arguments, 
etc., etc. They just take it, take his word at face value. Hey, it's in print. Hey, it's on the internet. Hey, it's on the news. It must be true. Right? But they have no idea of what the real evidence is. And that's, that's what I find really distasteful about Airman here. Is he's, he, he's, <laughs> he's, he, he, he's not being fair. Obviously. I mean, he's got a side to present. But he's not, but he presents it as, oh, this is, this is just commonly accepted stuff. And anybody who would not believe this is an idiot. Right? It's, it's another logical fallacy, which is known as a populist or popular fallacy. In other words, somebody might say to you, okay, for instance, this fallacy says, if you were a good American, you would do A, B, or C. You would support the troops. You would support gun control. Whatever. You would support this particular police. If you were a good American, if you were like everybody else, right? Airman does this exact thing. He says, oh, if, if you trust the good scholarship, if you agree with the majority of the scholars, not just the fringe wackos, then you'll believe what I have to say. Right? And he kind of pressures you and he kind of sh- Puts you down and it makes you feel sheepish, like, oh, wow, if I don't believe this, I'm an idiot. Right? Fallacy after fallacy. Rhetorical, logical. And you're going to see his contradictions. <laughs> what he says here just makes absolutely no sense. And you can see why I have such a hard time getting there because there's just so much here. Okay, let's try to trudge on here. God during his public ministry. Did others in in the in the time frame of Jesus' life? Did others, as far as you would assert, regard Jesus as divine in some sense? I think the answer is absolutely no. Um, he didn't call himself God. If he had called himself God, of course, he would have been stoned to death by the uh, Jewish authorities. Right. <laughs> See what I mean? I can't get there. A couple senses. Right. He would have been stoned by the well. Actually, the Jews tried to stone him a couple of times in John eight and ten, but. Of course, we're not accepting John's gospel as historical, so we can just throw that out. Um, and, and the whole notion that, that those around him didn't regard him as God is, is just ludicrous. I mean, unless you're going to throw out pretty much, you know, just whatever, pick and choose, cherry pick what you want of the gospels. I mean, like, like I showed you from Matthew, John the Baptist believed that Jesus was God. Peter believed that he was God. In, in John, Thomas says, you know, after feeling Jesus' scars and the holes in his hands and the side, you know, proclaims my Lord and my God. But again, that's in John, so Aaron's going to throw that out. So, you know, people like Aaron love to take the best evidence and leave nothing that won't support their points. And that's exactly what's going on here. By the uh, Jewish authorities, uh, and there's nothing to indicate that during his lifetime his disciples understood he was God. In the earliest Gospels, the striking thing is the disciples never do figure out who he is. Uh, and so this is now that's a really weird thing for Airman to say, in my opinion. I mean, wouldn't they just have regarded him as a man if what Doctor Airman is is asserting is true? I mean, what is there to figure out? If Jesus is just a rabbi, a good teacher uh, from the Jewish community, uh, what is there to figure out? 
the disciples don't really ever figure out who he is. What I mean, is he referring to how the Gospels portray it? That yes, you know, Peter and maybe the rest of the disciples don't really ever figure out, hey, well, he's, you know, he's God. He's got to go to, to the cross and be resurrected. Um, yeah, it's just weird that he would say this. Uh, because, I mean, if he's referring to the Gospels, John, Peter, Thomas pretty much cleared up. They understand who Jesus is. I mean, he, he, what he's doing here with the Bible is the same thing as he does with history. He, he makes these, at best, just disingenuous claims about it and then acts as if he's an expert on it. Right? It's like saying, disciples never figure out who Jesus really is. Well, right, from the gospel accounts, that's true. But from your perspective that Jesus is a teacher from the first century, um, the disciples would have known exactly who he is. It just doesn't make any sense. They may have understood that he was going to be the future Messiah, but Christians need to realize that the term Messiah does not mean God. The Messiah was supposed to be the future king of Israel, who was to be a descendant of King David, and so he'd be a human being like David was, who would be the future king, and it appears that some of his disciples thought that that's who he would be, but that they didn't think that he was divine. How do you deal with two passages, one in the gospel that you say comes earliest, the appellation, so to speak, in Mark's gospel that comes at the death of Jesus from the centurion, surely he was the son of God. Yes, I I think that I think the gospel writers Matthew, Mark, and Luke do understand that Jesus is God. Uh, that's a different question from whether Jesus considered himself to be God. Uh, writing some thirty or forty years later, uh, Mark uh, does understand that Jesus is God, but he understands that Jesus is God in a different sense from the way he's understood to be God in the Gospel of John. And so when the centurion says, this man is the Son of God, it's actually uh, echoing the words that are heard at the baptism in the same Gospel, in Mark chapter 1, where Jesus is baptized, and the voice from heaven, in other words, a voice from God, uh, cries out, um, uh, you are my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. And so for Mark's Gospel, Jesus is definitely the Son of God. I'm trying to sort this out. Are you making an, an assertion about the evolution of a doctrine, namely the deity of Christ, historically, or are you taking it a step further and saying this Jesus himself was not God, the later claims to deity that are put into his mouth in John's Gospel or into the mouths of those who were alleged to be part of his life, centurion, Peter, Peter's great confession at Caesarea Philippi, things like that, that those those are essentially made up to bolster a teaching that had come into being over time. Okay, so I think it's important to, to clarify a couple of things. One is, I am not making any theological claims at all. Right, okay, so this is the certainly the most troubling statement that Ehrman makes. I'm not making any theological claims at all. Well, that's, that's, we're going to find out as we go through this interview. He is certainly making theological claims, and his aim is to debunk the historic Christian faith. That's what he's after. And he's going to make that absolutely clear. And it would have been nice if he would have just come out and said, you know what, my goal is to prove that the historic Christian faith is a pack of lies. 
That's what I'm after. That's what I'm trying to do. But instead, he tries to play himself off as some historian, some scholar. And that, and it just doesn't hold water, as you're going to see. I mean, he just sort of stuck to his lore, his training of lore criticism, because he's completely showing his ineptitude here, trying to act like a scholar. I mean, this man was trained under Bruce Metzger, arguably one of the best New Testament scholars ever. Well, ever, but of, of our time, at least. He's trained under Bruce Mesker to understand lore criticism, and <laughs> he has no clue what he's doing, especially with history. And he really has no clue about what theology is. He just proved it by saying that he's trying, he's, he's not making a theological statement here. Right? He should have stuck with his field. He has his work, his field, his expertise is in, is in looking at texts and trying to decide from ancient manuscripts, what maybe was or wasn't in the original text. That is his expertise. Greek. Manuscript study. For him to somehow feel like he has some authority to branch out into history and then make an absurd statement like, oh, I'm talking about whether Jesus is or isn't God or how Jesus became God and then say it's not a theological statement just shows his complete ignorance of history and theology. So he's a bad historian thinking he's doing history when he's really doing theology as a terrible theologian. Not a good combo. Not a good combo at all. And I'm not just making that assertion. I've already demonstrated that he's in, in some murky waters already, and as we go through the center, you're going to see it goes downhill pretty quick, right? Because, look, if he was strictly doing history here, he would not be addressing the God question at all. He would simply be presenting Jesus in, in an historical sense. He'd say, Jesus lived at this time. He is reported to do these things. He was in this geographic area. He was reported to interact with these people. That's it. There would not be any of this uh, talk about Jesus being God at all, if he wanted to stick strictly to history, as he puts it, from his point of view. Now, as we're going to see, um, the real definition of what is historical and not historical is going to um, come into play a bit. But he, he is making a theological statement. I mean, he's got his discipline so mixed up here, it's, it's unbelievable. Right. And the thing of it is, is when, when he's, when he's trying to report on this historical Jesus, you know, Jesus lived at this time. He's reported to do these things. He was in a geographic area. He, he was reported to interact with these people. He would be reporting pretty much on what the gospels say, because this is, this is all the only evidence, folks, that we have. Really. There is scant. Evan, I mean, there's some corroborating things. Obviously, there was a church that was born out of all this, but he's talking about the life and times of Jesus and how, and the specific things he did when he was alive. There's not much, there's not many resources. There's not much evidence other than the gospels about the, uh, the life, the three years of ministry that Jesus did and his crucifixion other than the gospels. So he's got problems here, but Let's continue on and see how it goes.
clarify a couple of things. One is, I am not making any theological claims at all. Uh, I'm not saying that I think Jesus was God. I'm not saying that Jesus was not God. My book isn't about theology. My book is about history. Right. So let me just jump in here real quick. He's not making, he's not saying that he, Jesus was God, Jesus wasn't God. But at the end of this interview, you're going to hear him deny Jesus, Jesus deity. He is, he is saying that Jesus is not God. That's, that's the whole point of his book. That's a lie for him to say that he's not trying to say, well, I'm not saying Jesus is God, Jesus isn't God. I'm trying to do blah, 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 blah. No, that's not true. It's, <laughs> I'll try, I'm being kind by saying disingenuous, but that is, is just a lie. Because as you're going to see at the end of this interview, and really throughout, he is denying that Jesus is God. All right, let's, let's move on. Uh, how did this belief about Jesus as God develop? Everybody would agree, except for the most rabid. Okay, whoa, right there, okay. <laughs> this, this made me laugh. again. Okay, how did this belief about Jesus being God develop? Right. Okay, Doctor Ehrman, if you're if you're not saying Jesus was or wasn't God, then how can you talk about development? Right. Let's say he is God. Then the belief couldn't have developed. Right. So so you're not making any statement about whether he was or wasn't God, but by saying that this idea developed, what you're saying is is that okay, he's not God, but this idea developed. This is doublespeak. Another logical, well, not logical, but rhetorical fallacy. An informal fallacy, if you will. And you can look some of this stuff up. Right. So, so far we've seen <laughs> some really poor rhetoric. And this is, this is, this is the base <laughs> of Herman's rhetoric. <laughs> it's doublespeak. The first thing he says is, I'm not trying to say that Jesus was God or wasn't God. But then he comes right back and says, well, no, Jesus wasn't God. Because this idea developed. What? <laughs> and and again, um, that's why what he's talking about is not history at all. He's talking about theology. And he does a sorry job of talking about theology. Because he's not a theologian. He's a, he's a lower critic, folks. So... Anybody you run into that's buying this airman pop anti-Christian garbage, you can just <laughs> please refer him to this podcast and the issues, the original issues, etc. Um, interview. And there's also a critique on is issues, etc. of this interview um, that I would recommend. But but airman is way outside of his discipline here. He's not. He's a terrible theologian. Awful. He doesn't even know what theology is. Nor does he know what history is. He knows what te what lower textual criticism is. That's what he's trying to do. He should have stuck with it. Think 
you for listening to God Still Speaks Through Jackasses. We'd love to hear from you. Please email us at discussion at godstillspeaksthroughjackasses.org. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash jackasses and follow us on Twitter. Our handle there is at Jesus Jackass. Please rate and review the cast on Stitcher and iTunes. That helps us quite a bit there as it gets us a little higher on the playlist with those folks. And tell your friends about the cast, especially if you're a little shy about sharing the gospel. Plus that, your friends will laugh when they hear you say, God still speaks through jackasses. I may fold their brows, deep and furrow proud, uncanny and so clever, it's our newest plan ever, got tired of whining. All third-party material is used under the authority of the Copyright Act of 1976, 17, Section 107, Fair Use. You win.